Tom Wallace from Florida Funders, and we're here with another episode of Florida Funders Angel Investing. And I have two exciting guests with us this morning. I'll introduce or I'll let them introduce themselves in a second. Stephanie Marchese and Ashley Jaraki from NextPath. I'm always excited when we have female founders on because we don't have enough of those in the whole tech world. I think everybody in technology agrees with that. So, And they have a really interesting background and a really interesting story to share with us. Before we get started, just a little background on Florida Funders. Most of you probably know us, but in case you don't, we're a cross between a venture capital firm and a crowd of curated angel network investors. So we're on a mission to find, fund, and build the next generation of great technology companies here in the, the wonderful state of Florida. That's what we're out and about doing. So, Ashley, you want to go first? You want to introduce yourself and yeah, tell us a little sure. bit about your background? Absolutely. So um, I'm Ashley Jaraki. We, I mean... Originally, if you're going to go back all the way to the beginning, we actually met as um, NFL cheerleaders for the team. Oh, yeah. We want to hear about that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of where the fun started, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And um, we actually were roommates and that's where we met and we cheered together. And um, that's kind of where we started our conversations around Hey, let's let's start a nonprofit. Let's start a company. We were both do you know in that recruitment kind of world. So we were we were eager to keep going and keep improving and and keep that drive going. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So how old were you guys when you were doing this? Oh gosh, 27, late 20s. Okay. Like mid to late 20s. And how long did you cheer for the box for? I cheered for five seasons. I cheered for two seasons. When we cheered, my first year, we were on the same, we were always in the same line, like same group. And so we just kind of bonded, mm-hmm. always had the same passions and kind of similar backgrounds, but then, you know, became best friends. And now we, you know, are part owners in a company together and started a podcast. So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Stephanie, I want you to introduce yourself. One quick question on that. It may seem like an odd question, but is NFL cheerleading like a full-time job? It's a full-time hobby, I would say, because you know? <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. You have practices at least three nights a week, plus the game, plus you have all these appearances, right, where you put on your uniform and you go out to the public and you connect with people in hospitals or just different events, right, promoting the Bucks and connecting with the public. So yeah, it's more like a full-time hobby. <laughs> we actually had full-time jobs while we were doing Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You have to either have a full-time job or be a student, right? In order to cheer. So you have to, it's not just like you want to be a, a career cheerleader for your, the rest of your life. You it doesn't to, work that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Stephanie, tell us, right. tell us about your background. So Stephanie Marchese, um, you know, like Ash said, we met over 10 years ago. And then whenever we met, I was actually a dental assistant. I had always wanted to be a dentist. That's the only thing I ever wanted to do. And so that's, that was my path. That's what I wanted to do. Inflict pain on people. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I got excitement out of that. <laughs> and then I think really how I got into staffing was we cheered with a couple girls who were in the staffing industry. And I'm like, I don't want to be in a role where I have this ceiling over my head and I am set at a certain amount of money. Like I want to be in a role where I can. You're going to make a lot of dough. (laughs) Well, in in dentistry, it was like, this is your salary. Like it was a salary role. And I was like, no. And yeah, I wanted to make a lot of money. That's a great thing. That's a (laughs) great thing about sales, right? Right. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of downside, but there's a lot of upside, right? Exactly. So got into staffing and I can't even imagine being in like the dental industry or in a (laughs) salaried role anymore. Like it's just, 
I constantly need that growth and I always recommend people do the same. It was a good, good, good choice. Good career Great choice. Great choice. Yeah. So you guys go into staffing together. Did you go? No. Not initially. Yeah. No. So initially who went first? Who, who's... I was in staffing first. Yeah. I was in like HR and staffing in like corporate organizations, different industries, got into more like the RPO side, a little bit of staffing, more RPO, more corporate. So that's kind of when you say RPO, that stands for recruitment process outsourcing. Okay. Right. So that's where I knew that. Just worried about oh, my okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so just a little bit of the different way of doing recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really interesting in different industries too, like software, IT, or laboratory software, or got into financials, all kinds of different industries, which was really helpful getting into next path, right? Because you kind of have all this knowledge of different industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I started in technology. Like all I did was technology, went over to Veritas, where is where I met Dan Rodriguez, which he's a mentor of mine. After being there for close to seven years, we started Next Path. And, you know, I think because of meeting mentors that I have throughout my career path, this kind of led me and us to like start a new company and, you know, kind of break off and take that leap. Yeah, that leap. Yeah, I want to drill into that a little bit further for our listeners. Dan Rodriguez is, first of all, he's an investor in Florida Funders. Mm -hmm. Yes. Really great guy, good friend. And he's built a staffing company prior to Next Path, which we're going to get into that in a second. And so he has a storied and, and, and very successful career in staffing and as, a, as an entrepreneur as well. Mm-hmm. So just, just a little background on that. So how did Next Path come about? You st- how long did you guys start this? We, just over two years ago. Okay. So October of 2018. I think it was just kind of like the perfect storm. Ashley had been at her corporate role for five, six years and kind of wanted a change. And then I think Dan was heading out of Hayes and, um, you know, it was just kind of good timing for me. Gina came down and, you know, we're all kind of looking and talking and we're like, why don't we start this new company? We did something a little bit different. We got into a different industry to start off with. And And what um, industry was that? Sales and marketing. Customer excellence. Yeah. Kind of some F&A in there right away. Finance and accounting. Uh Yeah. So those underserved markets, really. Mm -hmm. Ashley and I, we had always stayed in touch. So I was like, Ash, why don't you kind of bring over your corporate background and take a leap of faith and join us and start this new company? And she was like, uh, I don't know. That's a little risky. And, you know, ended up not being too difficult to get her over. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take too much convincing. Right. Yeah. Too much arm twisting. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's been great ride in the past two years with NextFath. And, and how many employees do you guys have now after two years? 22. Wow. Yeah. 22. That's awesome. Yeah. So you guys are really growing and you've gone back into technology now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're about 50-50 technology and sales and marketing and other skill sets, but right about half and half right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I think about staffing, historically, the, the term we always use was headhunting. You right. Know, somebody's a headhunter. Obviously, your industry has changed a lot, like everything has over the years, and talk to us about that and, and, and also about coming out of COVID. I mean, how's COVID affected you? I mean, you guys started two years ago, so you're only a year into this and you get into great with COVID. Right, right. So I'd lo- love to hear about that. That That's like lo- a bunch of loaded questions there. But <laughs> I'll start from just in the very beginning when I was doing recruiting initially, we put ads in the paper. 
in the newspaper. So we don't before, know, before next path, before, I mean, when I first started yeah. in recruiting, there was no internet. No, no. So there, it was very interesting um, how much it's changed. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just, just to start. I actually remember when the internet came along and, and, you know, the job boards came up like monster and career builder and all those. And people were like, Oh, we're not going to need headhunters anymore. They're going to go right. away. We're, you know, these job boards, obviously that, that did not happen. At right. All. Well, it's, it's just so cumbersome, right? When you post a role and then you get 50, 100 candidates in and you have to do all the work where headhunters, you just, we do it for you. You don't have to worry about that. So I think that one of the main things that whenever we started Next Path that we wanted to do differently, because there's, I mean, the staffing market is a very competitive market. There's thousands and thousands of firms out there. So how do we set ourselves apart? was um, we're not just headhunters. We're not just, you know, like hitting monster and finding candidates and just slinging resumes over to clients, but we're building relationships with people. So we're about quality over quantity. Like we don't want to work with the biggest companies in the area because we can't build relationships that way. Mm -hmm. Um, We're about the small to mid market where we can build relationships with hiring managers and build a relationship with candidates and really find a good match for both companies or both parties and I feel like by setting ourselves apart that way has really helped us succeed and be different than other staffing firms out there. Mm-hmm. It's just providing, you know, a better service and a better quality of service. Now, a lot of our listeners are founders. They're entrepreneurs, right? And they're where you were two years ago. Maybe they're just starting up. And obviously, business is a team sport. So it's all about getting the right people on the bus and building this team. Any advice for them as they're out looking for people to fill out their, you know, typically they're looking for the, you know, people to fill out their team. A lot of times they're looking for tech talent, mm-hmm. any advice for them or suggestions, ideas, you know, in, in the recruiting besides use next path. That's a great question. I feel like, um, and should they always use a recruiting, you know, staffing firm or should they try to do it on their own or what are your thoughts on that? I feel like there's a time and a place for both. I feel like if you have a role that's just, very time consuming and you don't have the internal team to be able to source candidates and find the skills that you're looking for. They don't have the knowledge and the the training to do that. Then hire a professional firm to do that where that's what they focus on all the time. But I would say I always recommend hiring, you know, obviously they have to have the technical background or the skills required to do the job, but personality and culture fit is huge. Like you want someone who's going to be a good team player and fit in well with your culture and it's going to stay a long time. And I feel like that's probably one of the top things that people should be looking for when building a company is culture fit. Someone who's as passionate about the company as you are Mm -hmm. as a founder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that interests me is because we see this a lot with our founders, with our portfolio companies, is they've never built and scaled a sales team. Mm -hmm. So they come here, they get, you know, we put some money into them. And up to that point, the only thing that really the founders have been the, the sales team. Right. And now they're ready to actually start recruiting salespeople, maybe bringing somebody, to a chief revenue officer or a VP of sales. And you said you, you kind of were focused on that for a, right. for a while, actually. I'm, I'm curious, you know, to me, that's always like the, the biggest challenge for these, these folks. And, and they don't have any experience doing it. What do you look for in salespeople? What recommendations would you have hey, if you're trying to build scale a sales team? Because obviously, if they're a really good salesperson. They got a job and they're making good money. Right, so, exactly. and these startups are a big risk for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, how how do they navigate that? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's interesting because we have a couple of 
founders of smaller organizations where you're right, they, they are doing the sales and it's their baby. So it's really hard for them to give it up to, you know, someone that they're hiring in, but the, you know, you really want to find someone that's where the culture fit piece comes in that Stephanie was talking about where you really want someone who's passionate about that specific industry or what you're doing as a company. So that's really important. Um, you're going to want someone who has that experience or wants to take that risk too, right? You don't want someone too comfortable in a role. Yeah, so you're going to want that, that risk, but, um, also, I find that um, a lot of people like to hire sales individuals and maybe give them the opportunity to scale it on their own, right? Like maybe someone who's had the opportunity to build an organization or build a vertical. So they kind of have that experience because like you said before, right, when you started back when you were younger, you kind of make all the mistakes. So maybe hire in someone who's kind of already made those mistakes so that they don't make the mistakes with your company. Yeah. So someone with experience and and just, you know, from what we've seen and talking to sales individuals, it just depends on their personality and the company that they have. And just to fit those people together, it's really a, like a dating service almost. And you hate to live at that matchmaker. That's better. Matchmaker. No, I yeah. think, I think what you guys is very, very similar to dating services. In fact, we, uh, we invested in a, a staffing it wasn't really a staffing company. One of our portfolio companies early on was a, in this space, you know, HR recruiting. And they bought a division of eHarmony from eHarmony because yeah. eHarmony was getting into the staffing business really? using their algorithms and their process. It didn't work. But uh-huh. so I think there are a lot of us. And it is a lot about fit. Right. right. I don't know if you'd agree with this, but what I found in years of hiring salespeople, and I've hired, hired many salespeople in my career, is what I looked for more than anything in a salesperson was, are they hungry? You know, do they have the desire? Do they have the drive? I felt, always felt like we could teach them our product. You know, we can teach them closing techniques. We can teach them prospecting. We can teach them all that stuff. But if they're, if they're not hungry, we can't teach that. Right. So that was one of the things that I always looked for when I was interviewing salespeople is, you know, what's their background and how hungry are they? Right. And, you know, it's, it's hard to determine that in our interview. It and is very hard. Right. Frankly, that brings up another question I had because I just did an interview yesterday for one of our portfolio companies. I always find the interviewing process, which is, you know, how much can you learn in an hour? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so difficult. Right. Yes. And obviously, right. the, again, it's like dating. They're putting their best face, right. <laughs> face on and they're trying to, you know, and they're not telling you all their faults and all their problems, right? They're trying to look really good and you're trying to figure out, you know, is this the right person? Right. Any uh, suggestions, thoughts on that? Well, that's why I think sometimes, especially in sales, that it's good to work with a staffing firm or recruiting firm that can build relationships with these candidates. So you're getting more than just an hour with this candidate. You're actually working with a firm who has spent hours with this candidate interviewing them on multiple different levels from the recruiter, from the account manager who has submitted them to multiple jobs, gotten feedback. So they know them better than you would get just from an hour with them in an interview. So you can kind of get that. What's the word from, from the recruiting firm that like this candidate is a good fit because they have all this and that's more than you can get out of an interview, you know? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. I I like how you feel like, Hey, I want someone who's hungry rather than specifically knows my industry. I like that point because a lot of there's, it's a half and half. Some companies want the industry specific skill set, but I agree with you where that can be taught. You can't teach hungry. You can't teach 
good communication and poise and polished, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Well, the other thing I found out too, you know, I, I remember like people saying, you know, different, even different portfolio companies, we want to find somebody that has a Rolodex. You know, they have all these contacts. Right. I've seen people that have amazing Rolodexes and contacts that can't sell anything to anybody. Right. I mean, you can know everybody, but can you ask for the order and close the business? So what do you think about tests? Because speaking of sales hiring, there's a lot of companies who like to test the candidates, right? Yeah. But who knows if the testing is actually set up for success for that particular role, right? Yeah. I don't know. How you? How do you feel about well, that? Well, I don't know about test, but we would do profiling. So we'd use mm-hmm. the DISC profile, which mm-hmm. is a form of Myers-Briggs. I, I, I do like that one, yes. Very common. And, mm-hmm. and we knew that in, the, in that in the disc profile, we were looking at people that were a high D, mm-hmm. which is drive, drive, how driven they are, and not a high I. Because a lot of people think salespeople, I is more the social side of things. In the disc world, they say you put two eyes together, it's a love fest. And a lot of people <laughs> think that, you know, somebody's got a gift to gab and they love people and they're going to be a great salesperson. That isn't always the case because people that have, have those kinds of social skills and they, they love people and they're just... They love to be around people. They're very social. Usually, don't handle rejection very well. Mm-hmm. They want to be loved by everybody. Right. So they, they don't, don't want to always. Push that you know, it depends on whether it's you know what kind of selling they're doing and with it, you know, what they're selling. But you know, that was one of the things that we figured out was you know we wanted the high D. We didn't really necessarily want a high I. Right. right. Because oftentimes <laughs> you're selling to a D, so you don't want the the D to get annoyed with the I because they're too yeah. you know, peppy and. <laughs> They'd be like, get out of my face. Well, one, one of our reps in my previous company was this, she's a woman and she was, she was really, she did well, but she can only sell certain kind of people. And I would listen to her because her office was outside my door, mm-hmm. I'd hear her on the phone and she'd be saying, so what'd you do this weekend? She'd be asking about their kids <laughs> and drilling, trying to find, you know, the, but they go fishing, they go to the box game. Right, you know, right. Like and I always said to her, you can never sell to me. I would kill you. You were like, just, I want to get, get to the, the point. I want to get this. I, I might buy from you, but I'm going to buy from you because you have a problem. You're going to solve my problem. Right. I don't, I don't need you to know my kids. I don't need, I don't need any more golfing or fishing buddies. Right. But everybody's different, I guess. Two questions on the looking forward part I want to talk about. One is, as you look forward in the staffing industry, let's just look forward five years. I mean, we've got all this technology coming out, kind of game-changing technology that we talk about at Florida Funders of artificial intelligence, augmented virtual reality, autonomous vehicles, quantum computing, 5G. I mean, there's just so much technology coming at us right now in this, mm-hmm. this next five to 10 years. How do you see that affecting your industry? When we hire the employees on, right, we have the best technology. We just went all in with Mac computers and getting the best systems in place and everything for the, for the candidate or for, the, for our employees. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just seeing all of this change, right, with last year, with, you know, the COVID kind of coming through and changing really remote versus in person and how that's going to look. We've seen, or at least I feel I've seen a lot of switch from in-person being absolutely needed to just nice to have, Mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of people are doing a lot more remote work, a lot more video. Yeah, sure. Like when we came in, you were surprised that we were here, right? Yeah, because, because I, yeah, like, I thought we were doing this. Right, right. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of, you know. I'm glad you came in, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am too. I feel like it's great being in person and doing this. But I don't know. I think the technology is is a good thing, right? But 
I'm also hoping it doesn't put others out of business, right? Hopefully everyone can kind of catch up with that time and, and find, find a role where they're, they're needed. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's such an exciting time with everything going on and all the new technologies coming out. I think by, you know, setting our recruiters up for success and knowing how to speak to candidates on technologies and just staying updated ourselves on, you know, everything new that's coming out will just help us grow more. And our goal isn't to be the biggest staffing firm, but to, to be the best. So, um, you know, like I said earlier, we don't necessarily want to work with the, the huge companies of the world, but, um, you know, just being really good at what we do and not, if there's something that we're not an expert at, like leave that up to someone else to deal with. Like, mm-hmm. let's just focus on what we're good at. Definitely involves training and staying up to date on all the new technologies coming out. But, um, you know, just being able to provide a good quality and speak on what we do know. The one thing I wonder about, on especially specifically with artificial intelligence in your industry, is I've been divorced for 15 years, so I I spent some time. I'm, I'm in a serious relationship now, but I've spent some time on dating sites. I, I'm very open about that, and the, the the technology just is horrendous. I mean, it's I'm just sure. horrific. And but I think with artificial intelligence, they're going to get a lot better, where they're really going to be hone in on knowing what you like, and then only trying to match you with somebody you like. Right. I would think the same thing's going to happen with these job boards, which are, like you said, mm-hmm. you put something on Indeed and, you know, or ZipRecruiter and you get 50, 100 resumes and you're, it, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Help me with that. Do you? Well, a little, uh, you know, I see a lot of uh, candidates actually cutting the piece of the job description and pasting it in their resume and like, kind of hiding it, right? Just so that the algorithm does catch it. So I'm noticing that people are already ahead of the curve on how the the new algorithms are coming out and how they're trying to filter. So it'll be interesting to see, does it work well? Are these, you know, is Indeed and ZipRecruiter, whatever other tools, are they going to be really able to truly filter I don't think a machine, and and maybe maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I don't necessarily think a machine knows really how to do a culture fit, right? Like, mm-hmm. how are they going to figure that out? I think there's still a need for human component there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. Speaking of resumes, I mean, with with LinkedIn, are resumes going away? Like, I was talking to my daughter who's 24, like, you know, you put together because she she was working for CNN and she just got laid off after the election. They right. told them all these layoffs were coming and then she got caught in. And unfortunately, like you're working on your resume. She said, well, I'm working on my LinkedIn profile. That's what's more important, Dad. You know, and, you LinkedIn know. is certainly important, right? I feel like that. Yeah, LinkedIn's definitely important. And that's probably the first place people will go to find candidates is LinkedIn. And it better match your resume, but you still have to have a resume. If you're applying to jobs online or, you know, once you talk to a hiring manager, they're going to want to see a resume. Maybe 10 years from now, that may change. But I think in today's day and age, it's resumes are still just as important. Right. I mean, because if you don't have the network and you don't know someone, that's like the yeah. easiest way to kind of connect or give them a snapshot, right, of what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going through COVID and we're running out of time, but I, I did want to talk about COVID a little bit more because a lot of tech companies have done very well during COVID. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, all of us were concerned back in March with how this was going to affect us. How has it affected your industry? And you guys seem to have done pretty well through this whole thing, haven't you? Yeah, we, we have actually. We haven't stopped hiring. I think we had a few of our best months no, in we, Q3 and Q4. Yeah, we had record, record-breaking record months during COVID. Wow. We've actually grown through COVID. I think internally, we even hired six, seven new people mm-hmm. just to help with all that growth. 
So it's been, we definitely didn't slow down right. at all. We've definitely grown in, you know, despite what you may think in staffing, people aren't hiring. Like you said, the technology companies are still hiring and they're still needing to add actually, you know, better salespeople just to, you know, help with that growth because everyone's going, you know, in the cloud and virtual. So you need, you know, better salespeople, better technologists to keep up with that. So it's been like, I mean, this year's been great for us. Um, I think 2021 will be even better because now other companies will start hiring again. Mm -hmm. So it's been, I mean, we stuck through it. We hired, we've grown. So it didn't really affect us a whole lot, thankfully. Mm -hmm. And coming, coming out of COVID, do you think, do you think that things are going to go back the way they were? Or do you think Zoom interviews are here? They're going to become really the common place. Yeah. I I think Zoom is like the new phone interview, right? I think they're going to start with, a quick video interview this way, no one's kind of taking that drive time, right? You're not taking that time to have someone in the office and kind of court them around. It saves a little bit of time, but then you can get a little bit more on a zoom call than you can on a regular phone call, right? You can see body, body oh, absolutely. conversations and right. But in, in, in looking at what we do and, you know, we're looking, you know, talking to founders and we're trying to decide whether we're going to invest you know, million dollars in this company or whatever the number is. And that's our typical check size. I have to say, I haven't really, you know, we like to take them to lunch, take them to dinner, really get to know them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're doing it all through Zoom now, but I can't tell you that I'm completely comfortable. I, I feel like there's a part of that human interaction right. that really, because part of what we do is science. We do all this due diligence and we looked at the product. We looked at, you know, at the background of the founders and all that. But you know, investor, no investor, there's still some art to this. It's that gut feel that you get. And a lot of it's betting on the jockey on that founder. Well, that really, for me, going out and having a couple of beers with them or, you know, breaking bread with them and spending time with them outside and just really getting to understand them and get to know them. That's hard to do through Zoom. Yeah, I agree. And I think with hiring, that's very important because you want to make sure you're hiring the right people. But I think one thing that COVID has changed that will stay is the remote aspect of employees being able to work from home and have more flexibility because now they've invested all this money in all this virtual stuff that, um, and they're seeing that it works with employees staying remote. So I think that will definitely stay, but I do think in hiring, you want to meet the person face to face, you know, eventually I feel like that will, you know, come back. Yeah. 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 But yeah, from, from a phone to a zoom, I think zoom will definitely trump phone. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I do like meeting them in person. I I think you're right with the gut feeling. Yeah. yeah. Well, ladies, this has been great. Thank you so much Thank for you. coming Thank in and, and being on, on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners will really enjoy this. Thanks. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having really us. appreciate it. In closing, if you want to learn more about Florida Funders, just go to floridafunders.com if you're an entrepreneur or founder and you're looking for uh, funding. We have a very brief 10-minute application process. And if you're an investor and you're look, you would like to get more involved in the tech community and, and look at the wonderful companies we find and that we're funding, there's a whole side of our portal or our website uh, geared towards that. So thank you so much and really appreciate it.